glassophobia or the fear of public speaking is remarkably common. According to Statista and Very Well Mind, a website which studies the effects of phobias, as much as 77% of the world's population has some fear of public speaking. Eddie Rice is on a mission to change that. He's a speechwriter, public speaking coach, and author. He helps people master the art of the short speech, and he says it comes down to two principles. Honor the person and honor the event. Whether it's a toast for a wedding, retirement ceremony, or graduation, Rice's seven-step system will help you deliver a remarkable and memorable toast. He joined me this week to discuss just how we can all master the art of writing a speech. I'm Kevin McShann. Let's have this conversation. Thanks. Yeah, so Eddie, uh, my first question this morning uh, for you has to do with how were one of the principles of writing a great speech. I know you have uh, two fundamental principles that are honor the person and honor the event. So I'm wondering if you can tell me about it, Bonnie. Of course. So it's really when, you know, people get confused at times. They think a toast is supposed to be a roast, and that's not necessarily true. And what I tell people to do is instead honor the person, honor the event, which means telling great stories about the person that you are toasting at that event. And then also you want to talk about the importance of the event. You want to talk about its, um, its meaning, its significance, and you want to address that as well. So imagine if you have a wedding toast, you don't want to talk just about the two people that are getting married. You also want to talk about the significance of marriage and what it means overall to the two people getting married. Yeah, absolutely. And you tell people that you love talking about speeches that are narrative-driven speeches, as you have just mentioned, a balancing emotion and thought leadership. So I'm wondering if you can tell me more. Sure. I think too meant too often we give speeches that are just chock full of information. And that's, you know, the person who gets up there with their PowerPoint and they read from bullet point to bullet point to bullet point. And that does never, that just never goes over well. Instead, what I tell people to do is you need to put stories into your speech, emotional stories that the audience can grab onto. 
And if you're able to do that, then you're going to have a much stronger message that gets out to your audience rather than just a bunch of information. And anytime I'm, I'm fascinated and asked you, because I write a couple of speeches myself, your perspective on how, how long uh, speeches and toasts should be. I'm curious. Sure. So toasts and, toast and ceremonial speeches, I really keep them to three to five minutes at max. Sometimes they can go over till seven minutes and maybe 10 at the most, but you want to be up and down very quickly and you don't want to bore your audience. So if you keep it in the shorter range, uh, you're not going to drone on for a long period of time and you won't lose your audience's attention. But if you can take that time to craft a speech that where every word counts for just three to five minutes, you're going to have an impactful speech that's going to leave the audience breathless. Yeah, and Eddie, I know your most recent book is called Toast, uh, Short Speeches and Big Impact. So I'm wondering if you can tell me all about the book and what it's all about. Of course. I think it's just right there in the title. Um, it's about how we give toasts at weddings, retirements, anniversaries, birthdays. And it's part of my um, seven-step method to create a speech where you start out with brainstorming. Then you figure out what you want to be your structure. Then you write the draft and then you revise it. And then from there, it's rehearse, rehearse, rehearse. And if you can get those steps down and my book lays them out in chronological order, what you need to do at each step of the way, you're going to have a great speech. And not only that, the book contains 10 example speeches that you can read for yourself and you can even mimic their structure and uh, the inspiration from those speeches for your own. And I'm curious, why and how did you come up with the seven principles or, or, or seven uh, steps uh, that you use to uh, tell people to structure speeches? How did uh, the seven steps come about? Yeah, I came up with them as a result of the work that I did with clients. So I actually am a speechwriter who helps people put together speeches. So a lot of people would come to me for you know your company keynotes and, and stuff like that and TEDx speeches, but they'd also come to me for wedding toasts and retirement speeches. And I took that method and put it into the book and I distilled it down into those seven steps. In terms of the seven steps, I'm, I'm just curious if you can dive into exactly what they are and how important they are. Sure. So I think the first step is brainstorming, um, which is the most important step. It's when you take all of your ideas and get them down onto paper. Now, what I do to help people out is I have a set of brainstorming questions to help people craft their speech. So if it's a wedding, it's how do you know the person that's up there? What are your most memorable stories of that person? Um, what, are, what were the times they were truly there for you in life? Questions like that. And that gets the ideas flowing. And that's the most important part of any speech is when you get those ideas down on the paper, because the rest of the process is about taking those ideas and fitting them into a structure, into the length of time that you have to speak and actually writing the draft. But unless you start with ideas, you're going to be dead in the water if you're trying to do any of the other steps without having gone through the first step of brainstorming. And tell me, what a sort of characteristics make a great idea for Ooh, let's see here. It goes back to honoring the person. It goes back to telling great stories about somebody. So you want to find 
you know, when were the times that they made you laugh? When were the times that they came through for you? When were the times that they showed their true character in the best way possible? And I think those are really great starting points for any toast that you want to give. Absolutely. And then, yeah, I'm curious to ask you, uh, what are some best practices you share with people about calming their nerves before they give a speech? I love to tell people first, it comes down to rehearsal. So if you rehearse your speech enough ahead of time, you're going to be so much more confident when you give your speech. But then second, I also tell people to do deep breathing, where you breathe in for three seconds, you hold it for three seconds, and then you breathe out for three seconds. Then you do it again, adding a count each time to that. So four seconds, five seconds, six seconds. And that's going to get your heart rate and breathing rate down. And it's going to put you into a much more calm and relaxed state when you give your speech. Yeah, 100% there, buddy. And I know that you had uh, some stories that you uh, share with people about your own failures and successes. So I'm wondering if you could uh, share a couple of those with me and how they shaped you into the person you are today. Yeah, it goes back to my time in Toastmasters. So for those of you out there who are listening who might not know about Toastmasters, it's a worldwide public speaking and leadership organization that meets weekly that groups get together and they work on their public speaking skills. And one of the cool things about Toastmasters is they have competitions that you can enter. Well, I entered the humorous speech competition and I gave it at the first level, which was my club level. And I did really well on my first night. I was just killing it. Every single line landed. It was just perfect. And I had everyone laughing and it was just wonderful. But then the second night came where I moved up a level. And I was in, in front of a room of strangers. Everyone had on their best clothes. You could smell the mix of cologne and perfume in the air. It felt a little bit like church. So I get up there. I give my speech. First story absolute silence from the audience. Second story, just a little bit of tepid laughter. And I thought to myself, oh my, oh man, I am bombing. And my mind was just reeling. So I get to the end of the speech. I get a polite applause from the audience and I sit down just deflated and defeated because I knew that it just hadn't gone over the way it was supposed to. Luckily, my mentor was there, Mike. And he said to me, look, Eddie, it's painful but it's worth it. And I really took those lessons to heart. And I said, you know what? He's 100% right. I'm going to keep getting up there on stage and I'm going to keep trying to speak in public. And I'm going to keep on doing this and not let this one moment ruin it for me or let it tell the negative story in my mind of, you know, that I can't do public speaking. So I didn't let that one moment do anything to my psyche. I just kept getting back up there, doing more public speaking doing more speeches and getting out there to help other people write their speeches really well so they wouldn't go through the same things that I did. Yeah, it's like riding a bike. The more you do it, the better you get on it, right? Right. Absolutely. Uh, and it's me, I'm curious to ask you, why do you think so many people uh, uh, have a fear of public speaking? And how do we uh, over overcome that and build confidence when we give a speech? Part of it comes through just not having enough opportunities to practice. 
So a lot of us don't really public speak too many, too often in our own lives. It might come up at a wedding or a retirement ceremony or an opportunity at work comes up for it. It's not something that we practice on a daily basis. And unlike, I guess, you know, a professional sports athlete, they're practicing all of the time to make those catches, to make those baskets, to run those drills that they've done in practice over and over and over again. But when it comes to public speaking, we often don't get all of those opportunities and practice. So therefore, we are kind of scared when we go on stage because it's the first time that we've done something in a really long time. So that's why I recommend for people to try out Toastmasters where you can get that practice in before you have a big presentation, before you have a big wedding. And if you can make yourself a great public speaker there, you'll have no problem getting up and giving a speech when the occasion calls for it. Yeah, and at each platform, I'm wondering how you give a speech without sounding like a robot and losing interest in your audience. So what you want to do is, I think what happens when people become robotic is they're reading off of a script. And if all you're doing is reading off of a script or reading off of a PowerPoint, um, you're going to sound robotic when you're up there. So what I tell people to do is what's called scaffolded memorization. This is where you print out your speech word for word, and you give it enough to where you've internalized it. Then you print it off again, but only as an outline. And then you give your speech just from that outline. And you let yourself just mix in the buts, the does, the ands. They don't have to be in the perfect place every single time. And then you give your speech again and again with less and less of an outline. And by that point, you've internalized it and you can give it in your own style without having to just read the words off the page. Yeah, and you sparked my interest to ask this question uh, based off your last answer. So how do you give a speech uh, with personality? I'm you have to make sure that the content is personal to you. Um, and so it can't just be straight information that you want to give to people. Instead, you want to go back to what I talked about earlier, where you want a strong narrative-driven speech with emotion. And that comes from your own personal stories that you tell yourself, because you know those stories. And if you can dig deep into your firsts, your failures, your flaws, um, those are what Craig Valentine calls um, your great stories that you can tell that people want to hear. Um, you'll dig into those parts of your psyche and those parts of your story that can help resonate and connect with the audience. And when you're doing that, when you're connecting with the audience, you're going to have that emotional connection with them versus the speech that's just full of facts and figures. Um, that isn't going to go over well with anyone. It's just going to bore people, and it could have just been an email. Yeah, and Eddie, I'm curious, based off that answer, buddy, do you think... Uh, emotion and then having emotion in a speech is the way to measure how you give an impactful speech? Or how do, how do you know you've landed an impactful speech that will cause people to take action or feel better about themselves? I'm curious. You hear, I think you hear it in the applause level. There's that kind of like, okay, he did a pretty good job applause level. And then there's the like really loud applause that you can get after a speech. And that I think is really important to listen to 
But then, of course, you want to hear what the audience says after your speech. Are they coming up to you? Are they telling you, hey, your speech changed my life? I loved it. Um, you look for that audience reaction. And that's how you can gauge whether your speech was successful. And then it just comes down to you and your own personal assessment of it. You know, how did you feel about it? Did you record it? Did you watch it again? And did you notice if the audience was with you at certain points or if you lost them? So those are all ways that you can judge the effectiveness of your speech. Yeah, and Henry, my final question for you today has to do with your own personal and professional legacy, buddy, and I think you may want that to be defined. Wow, that is a deep question, um, but I love it tremendously. I think if I can help people give the speech of their lives at those smallest moments and their biggest moments, I will have done a great job. If I can get one person to go up there and honor the person and honor the event with what they're talking about and giving the toast of their life, then I've made an impact. Yeah, absolutely. And finally, I didn't tell me if uh, people want to get connected with you, what's the best way they can do that, Bonnie? They can go to ricespeechwriting.com. That's R-I-C-E, speechwriting.com. And you can get it down. You can download the first chapter of my book, Toast, Short Speeches, Big Impact, which is out on Amazon now for pre-order. Fantastic. Well, Eddie, I had a delightful time talking to you about speechwriting and giving speeches your work in the space and time on my behalf is most appreciated. And I want to thank you for being here this morning, buddy. Kevin, thank you so much for having me on. It was a pleasure.